Hey guys, today's episode of Table 40 on the Sports Spectrum Podcast Network is presented by our Increase Store and our Bible in a Year Engagement Journal, which you should pick up your copy today, especially with Matt and Leslie going through the Bible in a year. This is the companion that's going to help you, the guide that's going to help you through the passages of Scripture each and every day. You want to get this journal right now at theincrease.com theincrease.com. It's affordable and it's the perfect companion to help you grow in your faith and to stay connected to God through his word each and every day. The Bible in a Year Engagement Journal. Get yours today at theincrease.com. Hey, what's up, guys? Welcome back to another episode of the Table 40 Podcast as we continue to work our way through the Bible in a year. And today we're going to jump into Exodus. No, nope, we're not. Oh, we're not. I have a change of plans. Okay. I think this week I I was, over, not this week, but the, the yeah, this week, I was pretty um, excited that we're getting into the life of Christ and we're in Luke 1, 26 through 56 was um, the start of our weekly reading. And I and I would just like to go there now in scripture. It's the birth of Jesus foretold. Um, in my notes, I wrote that it seems like Gabriel had been busy, that God sent an angel to Nazareth to visit the young virgin woman named Mary. And Gabriel tells her that she will conceive and give birth to Jesus. And I said that Gabriel was busy because Gabriel also sent the message about John the Baptist, Jesus's cousin, um, in, in, a, in a beautiful miracle in that way, too. But I just think that the time that I would like to spend together discussing what we learned this week, I really want to focus on just what what we've learned so far about the life of Christ and the miracle of the birth of Jesus. And if if you don't mind, is that OK to change up the plan? Sounds good to me. All right, so it says in verse 26, in the sixth month of Elizabeth's pregnancy, God sent the angel Gabriel to Nazareth, a town in Galilee, to a virgin ple pledged to be married to a man named Joseph, a descendant of David. And that's incredibly important when we understand the Old Testament. Just that sentence right there means that the Old Testament was pointing to this day that these things were going to happen, that a virgin was going to become pregnant through because of the the power of the Holy Spirit, and um, it's going to come through the line of King David. It goes on in verse 28, the angel went to her and said, greetings, you who are highly favored, the Lord is with you. And I think it's really, really cool. Like even in the first chapter of Luke, we see this re repetitiveness in an angel comes and you're like, what in the world is this? And there's this there's this peace that comes with the angel Gabriel, like, don't be afraid. Don't be afraid. Like you're highly favored, Mary. Um, the Lord is with you. And I think that to me, that's evidence of the goodness of God, even in those little like glimpses of those that represent God. It, it I don't know. It's just, it, it's a way that points to the character and nature of God, that the people that he rolls with, I guess they're not people, but the angels that he rolls with the directions that he sends the angels are directions of they're going to freak out, but reassure them that, that you shouldn't be afraid. Yeah. I think that's, that's, you know, I, I can't imagine, you know, sort of Mary encountering this angel. Um, I don't know. I, I, I wish 
the we would get to encounter angels sometimes, you know. I Do just, you? I don't know. What do you freak out? Uh, uh, yeah, absolutely. And and considering the request, I mean, that he asked of her. Well, that's pretty wild. I wouldn't be thrilled about that. But <laughs> so the angel went to her and said, "Greetings, you who are highly favored. The Lord is with you." Verse twenty nine. Mary was greatly troubled at his words and wondered what kind of greeting this must be. But the angel said to her, "Do not be afraid, Mary." For you have found favor with God. You will conceive and give birth to a son, and you are to call him Jesus. And there's his name. And as you read through the Bible, I, I hope and pray that that just causes you to pause. Because here it is, this like proclamation that Jesus Christ is coming. And he's coming in a way that was proclaimed in the Old Testament. And there's consistency in the Bible. The Bible interprets the Bible. And I think it's beautiful, and it's a, an assurance of our faith, or a part of the assurance of our faith, that this can be trusted. The Word of God can be trusted. In verse 32, he says, He will be great, and he will be called the Son of the Most High. The Lord God will give him the throne of his father David, and he will reign over Jacob's descendants forever. His kingdom will never end. And so think about when you're when you're reading the New Testament, think about the stories we've heard in the Old Testament. Jacob, we've learned about Jacob. We've talked about Jacob and the God of Jacob and Isaac and, and the God of Abraham. Like this is the same God that is moving um, moving mountains, so to speak, uh, to, to like for Jesus Christ to arrive at the exact time that Jesus Christ arrived. For the fullness of time, Jesus Christ arrived and it was intentional. The timing was perfect. In verse 33, he will reign over Jacob's descendants forever. His kingdom will never end. And then she says, how will this be? Mary asked the angel, since I'm a virgin. Fair question. And the angel answered, the Holy Spirit's going to come on you and the power of the most high will overshadow you. So the Holy One will be born and will be called the son of God. Even Elizabeth, your relative, is going to have a child in her old age. She who is said to be unable to conceive is in her sixth month. For no word from the Lord will ever fail. And I'm going to repeat that. For no word from the Lord will ever fail. And then Mary humbly says, I'm the Lord's servant. Mary answered, may your word be fulfilled. Then the angel left her. So there's a couple of things that I want to point out about the beauty of this story. And I would love to hear what you have to think about this is um, we, we just kind of can gloss over verse 36, where it says, even Elizabeth, your relative is going to have a child in her own age. So I think it's so beautiful that Mary didn't have to go through this alone and a family member experienced another miracle with the same messenger in the same consistency. Look, these boys, these boys are going to do something that's never been done before and they are going to usher in this new kingdom and you two are going to be friends and bonded for life because the sons that you're raising are about to do unimaginable things. And they're in you and mamas, you guys are going to hurt in unimaginable ways because of this gift of this new kingdom that's being ushered in through two women. What do you think about that? Well, ushered think, in by God through yeah. two women. I, I think it's, you know, I, I think it is part of God's like mercy to let two women you know, at the same time so that Mary wasn't doing it by herself. Um, I mean, I just think it's it's pretty fascinating how this, I mean, obviously how all this happened, but um, no, I just, I uh, explain to me or and, and to the listeners, like when you read the gospels and maybe you already have explained this, like what's the difference in the gospels? Like they're all kind of telling the same story, right? So why would I read all four gospels if they're all, 
Well, they're all very different. And I, and they're, they're all very different. Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John are very different gospels. They're telling the exact same thing. I mean, the, the meat and potatoes of it is, is the same, um, but it's just from different perspectives. Mm -hmm. And Luke is a doctor and he's very detailed in his um, description of what's going on here, but the gospels are valuable because I think it's very valuable to, to read consistency. And I think it's very valuable to read just different details um, that are illuminating the same truths. And I think it, so it's four different guys telling the same stories from four different perspectives. perspectives. Just like if, you know, if you were to write a story about Jackson and I was to write a story about Jackson and Ethan was to write a story about Jackson and Grayson was to write a story about Jackson, there's truth and Jackson, the character and the consistency of the man that he is becoming, we would all share similar things. But because of the relationship that we have with him, we would highlight things like I would I would probably highlight the the gentleness and the humor and the um, the sweetness that I see in my son. And you would probably highlight the competitiveness and, and all of the things that that you notice because of your personality and the way that you view him and stuff like that. Grayson would probably, <laughs> probably tell a different story, but acknowledge the fact that his character is good, but she would say it, she would have it from a different angle because of the birth order and the, you know, whatever, but it's, it's still Jackson. And the same is true in the gospels. Like it's Jesus, but we're getting the story of Christ from different personalities, but we're all telling the same the same stories and the letters were written to a, a different demographic on purpose and so it's a loving way to communicate the truth of jesus christ in in a way that the people that they were intending to serve were able to hear but i i think what couldn't be missed in these is is just the kindness of god like mary i'm asking you to do something that's going to be amazing and it's going to be a journey but there's going to be some awe and there's going to be some some maybe some uh a lot of tears and a lot of heartache um but you're gonna marvel at what jesus will do and i think it's beautiful that elizabeth was provided in this story as well a cousin that was close in proximity to where she could have support and a friend and both women were experiencing a very special and unique miracle and in verse 39 mary visits elizabeth and i love this and it said, I want to be a friend like Elizabeth. I think Elizabeth is, is a wonderful, seemingly wonderful woman. And it says at, and at this time, Mary got ready and hurried to a town in the hill country of Judah, where she entered Zachariah's home and greeted Elizabeth. When Mary, when Elizabeth heard Mary's greeting, the baby leapt in her womb and Elizabeth was filled with the Holy Spirit. In a loud voice, she exclaimed, Blessed are you among women, and blessed is the child you will bear. But why am I so favored that the mother of my Lord should come to me? As soon as uh, the sound of your greeting reached my ears, the baby in my womb leapt for joy. Blessed is she who believed that the Lord would fulfill his promises to her. And I just believe that it's so beautiful in this interaction because I'm a woman and I have wonderful friends. And I think it's beautiful in, in this interaction just to see Elizabeth receive Mary and in, in, um, ex express such joy to her and encouragement to her. And I think um, I think that that's beautiful, 
You know, we see that in scripture, just this friendship of, of encouragement and celebration for the miracle that she has received and the blessing that she has received. And um, scripture says that, that she stays there for, for some, a time. Um, we get into verse 46 through 53, and we see Mary's song. And I, and I highly recommend you read it if you haven't. It's, it's, it's wonderful. It says, um, just rejoices at the, at the opportunity to be uh, the mother of Jesus Christ. Any thoughts on that? No, I, I mean, I, I think it's just cool when you talk about friendships and you talk about going through life together and, and hard things and, and celebrating the, you know, the good things. And um, I just think highlighting the, a good friend in a relationship with a good friend and, and going through highs and lows with, with people, I think is really, really important. Yeah. And be a friend that can rejoice rejoice with with another you know instead of like oh i'm carrying the forerunner and you're yeah. carrying the christ like you know and so yeah. i mean not that that's what was going on but let's be real like there there is sometimes in life um you're you're so fired up about the gift that god has given you and then someone rolls into town with a seemingly greater gift and you're kind of like eh you know is my gift so great you know and i just think it's so important to humble ourselves in such a way that that steward the gifts that god has given you and be joyful with those that that receive gifts from the lord as well and so um i love that about this interaction between mary and elizabeth and and mary sings this song and this song is it it highlights um it highlights Jesus. Again, everything we're going to talk about today and what we've learned this week in the in the New Testament through Luke is just here he is. Jesus Christ is here. He's arriving on the scene. God is on the move. The the prophecy from the Old Testament is it's it's happening. It's here. And um and and, and scripture talks about like in the fullness of time Jesus arrives. And I just I just think it's beautiful. I had an amazing time this week thinking about the birth of Christ. And so we get into verse 57 and it's the birth of John the Baptist. And so it's time for Elizabeth to have her baby. And um, if you may remember last week, we learned that, that uh, Zachariah was um, questioning Gabriel and he was like, what? I don't know. I mean, my wife is really old. And so Gabriel's like, okay, we are going to be quiet until the baby's born, but be sure the baby's named John essentially is what happened. And so Elizabeth has the baby in tradition. You were supposed to name the baby after the father. And she's like, no, we're not going to name the baby after the father. We're going to name the baby John. And, um, soon after, uh, the baby was born, dad was able to speak again and he sings a beautiful song in, in verse 67, he was filled with the Holy spirit and he prophesied, prophesied about the life of John the Baptist. Praise the Lord, the God of Israel, because he has come to his people and redeemed them. And I just think like when you read, when you read this song, if you haven't read it yet, I, I highly encourage you to um, read this song. And, and he says in verse 76, and you, my child, will be called a prophet of the most high and you will go on before the Lord and prepare the way for him to give his people the knowledge of salvation through the forgiveness of their sins because of the tender mercy of our God. And I just think when I read that, I think, my goodness, he was raised in a home where mom and dad understood the mission of the son. And as a little boy, 
I would assume they always told him, this is who you are to be. This is your identity and this is your mission. And I, I think they probably encouraged him in his life to, to be a man of integrity and be faithful to the mission that he had been given. Um, because we see later, in, as we close our reading this week, that John the Baptist did exactly what was in verse 76. He was faithful to the mission until his death. Um, in chapter two, we're finally there. It's the birth of Jesus Christ. And I think a couple highlights that we can think through when we think about the birth of Jesus Christ is just consider Rome and consider the government and consider that God is sovereign over the government. There's a census going on and um, and John or Mary and and Joseph were supposed to go to Bethlehem to do what the government allowed them to do in the sovereignty of God. Oh, Mary has to have a baby while in Bethlehem. Bethlehem's a huge deal because it's the it's the birthplace of King David. And so all of these things had to line up in order for the Old Testament prophecy to be fulfilled through the through the birth of Jesus Christ. And it happens right here. It says so in scripture. And and just remember that God is sovereign over Rome. God is sovereign over the government. And you know what? He's still sovereign over the government. Sometimes we lose, we lose focus in that area. Would you agree? Like sometimes we get so involved in our life that we forget this reality that God is sovereign over all things. We serve a powerful God that is going to move his mission forward. Um, created all things. He created all things. Charge of all things. Absolutely. So verse four says, so Joseph also went from the town of Nazareth and Galilee to Judah, to Bethlehem, to the town of David. That's really important. I said it earlier because he belonged to the house in the line of David. So here he is just an ordinary day, gets on the donkey, drives and does his due diligence. And guess what, mama, her water breaks and she has to have a baby in Bethlehem because of the sovereignty of Christ. Um, and I've heard it said that that God did did all that and he couldn't he couldn't get him a, a decent place to <laughs> to have the baby. But the reality is, is even the birth of Christ um, has such significance yeah, yeah. and such meaning. And um, it, Jesus had to be born that way. And he didn't come here as a as um, a traditional king, if you will. And he 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 uh, he entered in our space and came to us by humble means. And, and that was done intentionally. And, um, and, and I would say thoughtfully, but that seems like such a, a shallow word for, for God, our father, but in such an intentional way that Jesus was to be born, um, in, in a manger or I guess laid in the manger. So born in what probably was a place where, where they kept animals. And so I don't know any thoughts on that. No, I think it's just a symbol of him sort of being a servant from the moment he was born, you know, sort of just not, yeah, I mean, I, I just think it's interesting when people talk about being born and like literal, like, it's not, I guess our, our vision sometimes as a manger is, is not as kind of gross as it actually is, so um, I just think it's, he's, born into the mess and um just like you know he's he's uh he's welcome into our messes yep born into the mess born into a seemingly poverty in verse eight it says and there were shepherds living out in the fields nearby keeping watch over their flocks at night and i love shepherds i think every time i read about shepherds i just think about um i think about my granddad and he wasn't a shepherd he was a rancher but 
I have to believe that those men um, were like Vester Lee Smith from Higgins, Texas. Like they were consistent and they were trustworthy. They were loyal and they were just do their job. Um, no matter the weather, no matter the season, they were faithful to show up to work. And um, I think of him when I think about these shepherds. And so these shepherds are out in the fields keeping watch over their flocks because that's who they are. They're, they're, they're workers and loyal. Um, and then an angel of the Lord appeared to him and the glory of the Lord shone around them and they were terrified. But then there's verse 10 and it says, but the angel says this, don't be afraid. I have good news that are, that's going to cause you great joy for all people today in the town of David. That's really important. I can't, oh, I can't tell you enough today in the town of David, a savior has been born to you and he is the Messiah, of the Lord. This will be a sign to you. You're going to find a baby wrapped in clothes and a lion in a manger. Suddenly a great company of heavenly hosts appeared with the angel, praising God and saying, glory to God in the highest heaven and on earth peace to those whom his favor rests. So I think that that's pretty incredible that God goes to these shepherd men. And again, um, they were afraid. And he's like, oh, don't be afraid. Don't be afraid. I have good news for you, Jesus. Jesus is here. And um, the angels left and the shepherds went and they were like, hey, let's go to Bethlehem and see what the Lord has told us about. And so and so they went there um, and they were amazed and they saw Jesus and, and sweet Mary treasured all these things and pondered them in her heart. The shepherds returned glorifying and praising God for all the things they had seen. Um, and it happened just as they had been told. And so I think that that's just beautiful is that, that let me tell you about Jesus. And then they went to see Jesus Christ and as a, as a baby, and I'm sure they felt such hope, um, and, in amazement and, in curiosity and wonder. And so it just makes me want to ask you this question, Matt, like the whole come and see idea to me is really fascinating. And I'm just curious, do you remember what it was like when you made the connection that Jesus Christ, it's, it, he's a big deal or, uh, I mean, I feel like when I say that, that that underestimates the, the magnitude of Jesus and, and what the power that Jesus has in a life. But do you remember the day that you surrendered your life to the Lord? Yeah. I mean, I think that, um, We've talked about this before. I think that there's a um, there's this recognition of a God that created the world, and that you know, sort of this knowledge that there's a God, but not knowing Jesus, or at least for me, like I didn't know much about Jesus. I wasn't really raised in the church, and so like the I guess understanding the the Trinity and Jesus and the Holy Spirit and starting to be able to understand the Bible when it talks about we and when they were there, when they created the world and, and like sort of putting the puzzle together of, you know, God, Jesus is God and and came to, to earth and died on the cross. And, and just, I guess, just the revelation of, of what Jesus did for us and, and how that allows us to be reconciled to God and and just the thought of God Jesus allowing God to see simply his blood covering our sin instead of seeing what our sins and what Jesus did for us in the eyes um, and allows us to be reconciled to a holy God 
um, you know, it's just amazing. And just, um, I, I think it, it took me probably longer than, than a lot of people to, to realize and recognize how that all worked. Um, but I definitely remember when, you know, sort of that, that was that light bulb sort of came on for me. Yeah. I, I remember when Jesus saved me and, and I, I guess the next question that I would have is, is, do you remember your need? And I think that that's something when we when we remember our stories and we remember the significance of, of, and the power of Jesus Christ in our life. Like, I do think it's very valuable to go back and, and, and remember like, when did he save you? And and what was your need? Like, how did you feel? Like, did you feel like you needed, um, rescued? And I know I certainly did. I gave, I surrendered my life to the Lord, uh, when I was in college and I remember my need. And I remember, I remember sitting in, in my car, um, and I just felt so alone and I felt so inadequate and I felt, I felt this need to be rescued by a savior and, and to have this connection with Jesus Christ. And I believe that he was who he says he was, that he was, that, um, there was power in aligning my life with the savior of the world. And I remember surrendering and I remember, uh, just this feeling of, I need you Lord. And I, I just can't do this by myself anymore. And I, I don't know, I guess the reason why thinking about the birth of Jesus was so impactful for me this week is Jesus has, um, my heart has been reoriented in, in such a way that I truly, I, I, I truly live in or desire to live in holistic submission to what does the Lord want for me and how does he want me? How does he want me to live? And I love that. And, um, I don't know, I've just been thinking a lot about just the significance of this day in history and how it's impacted my life thousands of years later And the birth of, of Jesus is a miracle that sometimes we overlook because of the way we celebrate Christmas, the way that we uh, rush through the holidays, the way we can rush through a familiar reading. And the birth of Jesus is, is just the day that, that we see that God is, is on the move, that God, God is with us. And um, I don't know, it's really, it's really been significant for me this week to read it and remember so Jesus is presented at the temple, and I think that this was probably very significant for um, his mom and dad. And so they go to the temple because this is this is required by the law of Moses. And so Joseph and Mary um, take him to Jerusalem to present him to the Lord. Um, and this is what happens there. It's pretty wild. And so Simeon is an older man, and scripture says he is righteous and devout. He is waiting for the consolation of Israel, and the Holy Spirit was on him. It had been revealed to him by the Holy Spirit that he would not die um, He had before he had seen the Lord's Messiah. And that's pretty incredible. I wonder if he waited in anticipation every single day for, is it that baby? Is it that baby? Is it that baby? Or maybe he didn't even think it would be a baby. I don't know. But it's pretty wild that the Holy Spirit had pressed on his heart that, look, you're not going to die until you see the Lord's Messiah. And in verse 27, moved by the Spirit, he went into the temple courts. When his parents brought in the child Jesus to, to do for him what the custom of the law required, Simeon took him in his arms and praised God, saying, Sovereign Lord, as you has, have promised. Now, keep in mind, this is from the Old Testament. So this is the Old Testament prophecy. Verse 29, Sovereign Lord, as you have promised, you may now dismiss your servant in peace. 
For my eyes have seen your salvation, which you prepared in the sight of all nations, a light for revelation to the Gentiles and the glory of your people, Israel. In verse 33, the child's father and mother marveled at what had been said about him. Then Simeon blessed them and said to Mary and his mother, this child is destined to cause falling and rising in, in, of many in Israel and to be a sign that will be spoken against so that the thoughts of so that the thoughts of many hearts will be revealed and a sword will pierce your own soul too. And I'm sure that there was some tension in the room. Um, I'm sure that there was some, a, not a quite full understanding of what he was saying, but for Simeon, I'm sure that that was a very overwhelming moment when he saw Jesus and held Jesus and knew that Jesus was the Messiah. I mean, that's powerful. You have any thoughts on that? Nope. I just think that this is, it's getting interesting. Like this is when, you know, like when Jesus is born and then um, just, this is when, you know, it's like the hope has arrived, you know, for the reconciliation of, of the world. Absolutely. It's, it's fascinating. You're right. This is getting interesting. And then we've got uh, Anna as well. Big day, big day uh, <laughs> for Anna and Simeon. And so there was also a prophet named Anna. And you heard that, right? Scripture said she was a prophet and her name was Anna. And she was very old and she had lived with her husband for seven years, but ap ap seven years after her marriage. And then there was a, and then she was a widow until she was 84, but she never left the temple. She worshiped night and day, fasting and praying, coming up to them at that very moment. She gave thanks to God and spoke about the child to all who were looking forward to the redemption of Israel. And, and Anna recognized him as well as the one that would redeem um, that would redeem us all. And when Joseph and Mary had done everything required by the law of the Lord, they returned to Galilee to their own town of Nazareth. And the child grew and became strong and was filled with wisdom and the grace of God was on him. And I just think that that was probably a fascinating trip home. I'm curious what they processed on their way home. I'm curious when they looked at Jesus they um, just marveled at at the opportunity to be um, a part of this story and, and linked to the greatest story ever told. Um, but then we realized soon that Mary is a mom like many of us and, and uh, she lost her boy in the temple. And so um, have we ever lost any of our kids? Sure. I feel like we've lost one for sure. Well, we definitely left one at the baseball field. Yeah. Yeah. And there's a panic when that happens. And I can't even imagine how much Mary panicked. And I'm certain that she, that she, it rolled through her mind. Oh my gosh, this is not good. I've lost Jesus. Um, can't be good for me. And so, but she didn't really lose him. He was exactly where, where he wanted to be. Uh, she says that they, they were searching for Jesus in verse 49. Why are you searching for me? He asked, didn't, you know, I would be at my father's house, but they didn't understand what he was saying to them. Then he went down to Nazareth with them and was obedient to them. But his mother treasured all those things in her heart. So she's continuing to understand that. Um, oh, I don't know. That might be a little strong. When she treasures things in her heart, I think she's it's like core memories. Like she's like, okay, all right. Um, I'm going to think about this a little bit, a little bit further. And uh, verse 52 says, and Jesus grew in wisdom and stature in favor with God and man. And so I think, when we, when we look at this and maybe we think about a practical application in this particular passage of scripture, 41 through uh, 52, 
in Luke chapter two, I think maybe we can look at this and say, Jesus understood his identity as God's son. He understood his mission. He was passionate about teaching people, uh, rightfully dividing the word of God and, and teaching people. He felt like that's where he belonged. He was in his father's house. He was teaching the word of God. Um, but go on in, in verse 52 and let that marinate a little bit that Jesus, even though he understood his identity, even though he understood his mission, he still had to grow in wisdom and stature in favor with God and man. And so how much more is it for you to do this? And so like well, our identity is for me, I'm a daughter of the king. Um, I know my identity. My mission is to be a disciple that goes and makes disciples. That's your mission too, if you're in Christ, but you haven't arrived. And I certainly haven't arrived, but you guys have been listening to this podcast for a long time. I, I fumble my words. I, I, you know, I'm not, I'm not perfect at this, but I'll tell you what, I'm being obedient to um, walking through the Bible in a year. And I want to encourage you to be obedient too. I want you don't have to walk through the Bible in a year, but be obedient um, in such a way that you are, I guess, um, be obedient in a way that you are humble enough to understand that it is so important that this relationship with Jesus I would go far to say mandates a responsibility. And that responsibility is to strive to become wise in the word, strive to, um, to grow and, and grow to con- grow to become more like Christ. And I, I do think that that's a journey worth taking. And I think that it's, it's biblical. And I think that it's uh, valuable. And um, if Jesus knew his identity and his mission and still grew in wisdom and stature and favor, Um, with men and God, I think that that might be for us too. So any thoughts on that? No, I, uh, I'm, I'm always curious what Jesus's childhood looked like if there was honorary moments or, you know, just kind of what he looked like as a child and how he behaved. And, um, I don't know. I just think that's fascinating. Um, we're going to close with John the Baptist. Um, we're in, in chapter chapter three, and um, we're not going to hear his whole story, but but we are going to begin um, next week understanding more about John the Baptist. And it says that he prepares the way just like his daddy said he would when, when he was singing the song when John was the baby. Um, that prophecy has come to fruition, and we're seeing that uh, that John the Baptist, we're starting to understand a little bit about his character. The first couple verses here just sort of describing the reality of, of the political climate at this time. And um, then we, again, hear that, that Zechariah prophesies about him and, and Isaiah does too. And Isaiah says this, that a voice of one calling in the wilderness, prepare the way for the Lord, make straight paths for him. Every valley shall be filled in, every mountain and hill made low. The crooked roads shall be made straight and the rough, uh, and the rough way smooth. And all God and all people will see God's salvation. And John the Baptist is preparing the way for that. He does it in um, an aggressive nature, and he's bold. And he says early, like uh, to the crowds coming to be baptized by him, "You brood of vipers, who warned you to flee from the coming wrath, produce fruit in keeping with repentance." And do not say to yourself, "We have Abraham as our father." For I tell you that out of these stones, God can raise up children from Abraham. And so he's he's basically um, uh, telling everybody, like, look, 
Like it doesn't matter that you were born into this thing and it doesn't, I mean, there's honor in it for sure. Like, I don't think that John dishonors those that are Jewish, but what he's saying that there's there, Jesus is coming and he's pointing to Jesus Christ and, and he's talking about that and he's, and he's, he's preparing the way for this inside out, uh, framework that Jesus is going to explain fully when his ministry begins. And I think that it's really, really incredible when you read about John the Baptist and I admire his boldness. I admire that he understands his identity and he understands his mission. And I have to believe his mom and dad helped him as he was growing into a man. And so do you have any thoughts on John the Baptist as we close? No. Um, I, uh, I'm excited to, to keep going and it's starting to get exciting. Yep. I love John the Baptist. All right. We'll see you guys next week. And thanks for joining us. Thank you for listening to Table 40 with Matt and Leslie Holiday, part of the Sports Spectrum Podcast Network. For more stories on sports intersecting with faith, visit sportsspectrum.com.